Hey girl, hey. Welcome back to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast. I am super excited to bring you this episode. Uh, This week's episode is a conversation with one of my dear, dear friends. We have been great friends since we were college roommates. I know that was about a hundred years ago. My, one of my best friends, Nicole is joining me on the podcast today and we dive into all the things. Uh, Today we talk about mom life balance. We talk about Nicole's struggles with anxiety and how she learned and what tools she has to help keep that anxiety in check and how she learned to make time for herself and how she learned to put herself first to really make sure that she is taking care of her mental and physical well-being so that she can be the best wife, the best mama, and the best employee that she possibly can be. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you do enjoy it, do me a huge favor and leave me a review in Apple Podcast. Um, Leaving reviews helps the podcast grow and helps other women discover. So do me a favor, leave a review in Apple Podcast, and I would be so grateful. Hope you enjoy Welcome to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast, where we talk about how to create and maintain healthy habits with our fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being. This is a place where you can come to get real life, health, and fitness advice from a busy working mama who has a passion for helping others find their way to health and happiness. We're all in this crazy journey together, so why not lean on and lift each other up in the process? Hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. Welcome to the podcast. I am so pumped to have you on. Oh my gosh. So listeners, Nicole is one of my nearest and dearest best friends, and we have known each other for quite some time. (laughs) Nicole and I go way back and I am not really good at math, so I can't tell you how many years that we have known each other, but we met back when we were freshmen in college, little tiny babies. So I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. Yeah, I'm so pumped to to be here. It's been a minute. We've been friends for a really long time. So tell everybody, how did we meet? Like, take us, take our listeners back to the, I think it was 2003. Um, how did you and I first meet each other? Yeah, so we were freshmen in college. So we were 18 years old, we little babies. <laughs> and it seems only appropriate that we met at Starbucks. And yes. we were randomly matched up through whatever their software was to find someone to live with in an apartment. And I remember thinking, oh, 
Jess, that sounds like such a nice name. And <laughs> I thought you were going to be blonde. And I had this whole vision of what Jess would look like. And we pulled up and we met you and you were this beautiful, dark, dark brunette and like a foot taller than me. And <laughs> it was love at first sight. All these oh. years later, here we are. Yes. I remember the fear of having to choose roommates. Like they didn't pair us up like randomly because God knows who we would have been paired up with, but like the trepidation to click you know, reserve in the room. So for reference, it was an apartment on campus. It was on campus housing, but there were four bedrooms. And I think there were only two of you reserved already. So there was a Lauren and a Nicole. And I was like, that sounds like nice girls, Lauren and Nicole. Can't go wrong with a Lauren and a Nicole. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to click reserve and just clicking that button. I'm like, well, what have I done? Yeah. And the rest is history. It was one of the best clicks I've ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Babies and maid of honors and weddings later, it it was a really good click. So good job on your part. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like the universe and, and God was definitely orchestrating this because Nicole and I, gosh, I mean, we, we started in at Kennesaw State, and then we ended up at University of Georgia together, and then we both lived out of college in Brookhaven, pretending to be grown-ups together, and we really have been there for all of the big major milestones, the right. weddings, the babies, the first houses, now our kids' birthday parties, and one still of the pretending coolest to be grownups every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're still pretending to be grownups for sure. Some days I actually feel like one, but most days I'm just really, I don't know what I'm doing. It's true. Same. <laughs> but the coolest thing, what, one of the favorite things about our friendship is how we have both evolved and grown as women, as humans, as individuals grown um, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally grown in our careers, but we've grown together somehow and and a lot of people you know you lose touch with when your friends in college or people tend to go on separate paths but we have really grown together and maybe not at the same time or stride but you know I really like look up to you and respect you a lot you're you have a, a hustle in you like nobody else and you are one of the sweetest kindest like most talented humans ever and you're an awesome mama and friend so I think that's a really cool part about and and unique part about our friendship too. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think the feeling is mutual and that's what makes the friendship so great is things that I'm not very good at. You are stellar at. (laughs) So that is typically in friendships, you know, it's nice when you have people that encourage you and you see, you know, wow, they're further along on this journey than I am at this part of my life. Whereas in other parts, I might be further along so it's nice. And we always keep it real. It's just nice to yes. have you can call and be like, I'm not doing it today. I'm, I'm sucking at everything at work, <laughs> at drinking the water, at, you know, I yelled at my kids in 
the fact that we never have to hide that from each other is so great. Oh, yes. I remember texting you right before Easter and I'm like, yeah, it was nine o'clock and <laughs> I forgot I have to bring Easter candy and Easter eggs to my kid's preschool classroom and it's 9 p.m. the night before. I'm like, I don't have it all together. And you're so right. We could definitely be so transparent <laughs> with each other. Thank God. <laughs> and me saying thanks for the reminder because I'm going tomorrow to get mine. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So tell us. Um, Tell our listeners, you know, a little bit about you, you know, who you are and and what you do today. Like what makes Nicole Nicole today? Yeah. So um, let's see. I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago, but I have lived in the Atlanta area for over 20 years. So I consider myself a Southern adopted gal. Um, As you mentioned, went to Georgia, Georgia Bulldog. Um, I have a huge passion for design and that's kind of what drew me to Georgia and then into my career. So um, I've always been very, I guess, very driven and um, passionate about what I do. I was in design as an interior designer commercially uh, for about seven years and then I moved over to the sales side of things. So I sell architectural products to designers and architects, similar to, you know, medicine, um, where you have a rep and they sell, you know, drugs to doctors and pharmaceutical sales. That's kind of how it works. Um, But in the design side of things. So that's my career. But the more fun part is um, married for, it'll be nine years. And Uh, We are college sweethearts, so I've been together for a long time, and I have three kids, Um, something kind of cool about our family. I have um, a stepson who's in college. Sam is 18, which is just crazy, and then we have two little girls um, that are two and five. Addison is two, and Avery's five, so there's a lot of things happening in life to keep us busy, but nothing to complain about. It's all really, really great stuff. Yes. It's fun because our kids are very close in age. It's five and six and two and three are our kids. And um, it's fun because we get to see them play together and to see like this friendship that started in college. Now we have children that actually like play together is still bizarre <laughs> yes the next generation it's yeah we can laugh about it and play and we can complain when they poop in the tub it's like exactly. the best. oh my god yes that is if that is not keeping it real I don't know what is oh my goodness so you have a pretty demanding job I mean your job like you've got a hustle with your job because you're all the time like entertaining and you've got clients and you're planning you're almost like an event planner and a sales rep at the same time. Like you get to do some of the coolest stuff um, with your job from from what I see from the outside. Yeah. But I'm sure that's it's a very demanding job as well. And it's demanding to be a mom and it's demanding to, you know, do all the things. Like how, you know, how do you kind of prioritize putting yourself first and making time for you in the midst of all of that? You know. I really and truly love what I do. Um, I think that if this wasn't a career that I 
I wake up every day and I'm pumped about it. I'm excited um, to really use my talents in unique ways to, like you said, throw events and I get to know people really, really well at my job and um, do a lot of fun things, but it's incredibly demanding. And I think in any position, um, mine being a sales position, you kind of feel like you have to be on all the time and ready and waiting. Um, So when you throw in kids and husbands and I just didn't do a very good job in years past of putting myself um, anywhere in the mix, let alone first. And it really is more of a recent thing for me where it's almost like a before and after when I put myself on the radar and when I didn't. And it's really completely changed ever since I started to think of what do I need out of this? How do I feel about it? You know, just little check-ins with myself, even it sounds so silly, but to even think, you know, how do I feel about that? No matter what it is, how do I feel about putting this meeting on the calendar? How do I feel about, you know, eating this meal or fueling my body in this way? I just kind of check in and I never used to do it before. It was like I was on autopilot because Mm. there were so many boxes to check in a day. And now it's kind of like, huh, I I almost see the world in color, which is maybe funny, but it's true. That's a great way to put it, how you said you were on autopilot and like autopilot in black and white, perhaps. And I can see that almost playing out like a movie and so many moms and women who work can probably relate to that. And just like you get up, you do the things, your day is crazy and you just do it and you're on autopilot and it feels like life is almost a blur. Like life is just happening to you kind of what kinds of things, like, what did you struggle with? Like what kinds of things before you said, before you put yourself first, like, and you said you didn't do a great job of like giving yourself time or priority. Like what did that look like before things changed for you? So for me, I, I don't like to let people down and that's kind of the root of everything. And when you have kind of that servant's mentality, you are there to wake up. You're there. I was taking care of my kids and taking care of, you know, different things around the house and for everybody's needs except for my own. And I ended up getting really anxious and I ended up suffering with anxiety and, Um, you know, I think now people talk about it more than they used to. And I'm such a huge proponent of that because you realize that there's a lot of people who feel that way. And just, it just boils down to being overwhelmed. And at the end of the day, I would just sit on the couch and my heart would just palpitate. And I didn't Mm -hmm. really know why or what was happening. I just felt like there's just so many things to do and I have to do them well. I just had to. And when I realized that if I slowed down and I really started to look at, you know, what if I did things a little bit differently? It took a lot of things to make me change. But after I finally made that change, 
I realized that it was worth it and my chest wasn't beating quite so fast and I started just feeling better. That's awesome. And I think that anxiety is something that so many people either struggle with and don't talk about or struggle with and don't know that that's what they should label it is anxiety, especially it just seems like it's such a, it's a term that wasn't around 10 years ago. It wasn't on my radar when I was in my mid twenties and I'm sure we dealt with it, but now it has a name and it has symptoms and it has a face. And it's something that so many women do struggle with. Um, was there like a tipping point for you or like, like a, a catalyst? Like what was, what was the, the, the moment where you were like, okay, things have to change. Life has to be in color now. Like uh, mama has to be well, like I have to put myself first. Like what was the tipping point for you? So for me, anxiety kind of comes and I haven't had, you know, a ton of these major dehabilitating moments where I would say it's like an anxiety attack. But I did wake up one day. Um, I had all three kids in the house. Um, my second daughter had just been born. She was about four or five months old. So I was back at work. We were trying to do all the things. Yes. And I woke up and I physically couldn't get out of bed. I just felt so overwhelmed by life. Um, I had a really important meeting that day that I would normally be so excited about, um, which might sound funny, but I just, I do, I get excited about things at work and I felt like I can't get up to go get my daughter out of bed. Um, and for me, that's when I said, this is not who I am. And I really wanted to do something about it. Um, and I decided, you know, that was my low. I know a lot of people's yeah. lows look very different, but I wasn't going to be that kind of mom. I wasn't going to be the person who had to skip out on meetings on my job last minute. I just refused to be that person. And I got a really good piece of advice. Um, I reached out to one of my friends that I know has struggled with anxiety and has been really great and kind of combating it in different ways. And she recommended that I reach out to my OBGYN and talk to her. And that was just not on my radar. Right. And my OBGYN is now my favorite doctor, which seems so weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're like our most intimate. I mean, if you can't trust your OB, like who can you trust? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she knows your parts. So she knows yes. other things about you as well, I guess. And she most certainly did. I told her, you know, I basically explained to her the scenario of just feeling overwhelmed and it becoming to a place where it was affecting my life. And I said, you know, I'll take medicine, but I feel like my head got me into this place and I really want my head to get me out of this place if it can. And she just looked me dead square in the eye and she's like, if you ever change your mind, we can certainly get you medicine. But she said, Nicole, you can do this. And I have a recommendation. And it turned out she was personal friends with a therapist who is phenomenal. She is a young woman um, similar to us. She has young kids. She is a doctor. She was going back to school. So she knows that life is crazy. And it was really that moment of realizing I have to really start figuring out what is making me tick 
and it kind of was the catalyst to change everything. I love that. I think that is so powerful. I mean, so women, if you're listening, which you are, um, just know that you're not alone in these feelings. I think that sometimes we feel like we're on an island and we feel like certainly this isn't normal. Nobody else can understand. Nobody else feels this way, whether it's anxiety or depression or anything else that we're dealing with in our lives and like to not be afraid to reach out to a friend. I think that's just, it seems so simple to say that, but it's so powerful. You were like, I know this isn't what I want for my life. I know that this isn't me. This is something in my head. Right. And for you to just simply say like to reach out to that one friend. And I would have never thought ask my OB for, um, you know, recommendations about that, but you're, I think that is such an amazing piece of advice. And I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Um, I need to go back. I probably, <laughs> I love therapy and now in 2021, how accessible therapy is. I mean, you can text therapy, you can do zoom therapy, you can do in-person therapy. Um, what kinds of like, how has through that journey, because I'm sure it's been, you know, it's not an overnight thing, like starting with a therapist and like, what is that? How has that changed things for you? Like what kinds of things has the therapist given you like tools wise to help you really manage that anxiety and kind of get back to baseline for you? Yeah, you're right. I mean, when I say it was a catalyst, it really was exactly that because now there's so many little things that I do that were just not on my radar before. And I think I was I was really open. Um, timing was really critical and I was just ready to learn about, you know, what can help me get out of this. And I tend to be very practical. I like, you know, one plus one equals two. So when I first sat down, it was like, okay, fix me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not how therapy works. Um, But I would say the first thing that I learned that was really critical is I felt really guilty, guilty to even go. I felt like, you know, I was, I'm blessed to not be going through a divorce or a major death in the family or, you know, these things that I associate therapy for. And I would say one of the biggest breakthroughs was sitting there and her saying, Nicole, you have an incredibly valid reason to be here. I'm glad that you're here. And we're going to work through this. And I think just that guilt portion alone was Mm. a really big piece because once I got rid of that, it was like, oh, okay. And so she would say to me, you know, do you think you could spend 30 minutes a day for yourself? And I looked at her like she had four heads. (laughs) I was like, no, because 30 minutes, no the way. way I looked, I was like, no, because I wake up and I get my kids and I get them ready. And then I go to work and then I run to work and then I have to get home and I have a commute and I have to have dinner on the table and then I play with my kids and then I go back to work. And so in my mind, if I took 30 minutes, that meant I had to delay my day that much longer. And I would have to stay up later and I was so tired that I couldn't even fathom it. Mm. And so she took it real slow. (laughs) Uh, We started with five minutes 
and we broke it up into parts of the day. And now I can say that we are up to an hour, um, sometimes more. And it's really, really crazy when you look for the opportunity. Um, for me, it was looking for the opportunity and I had to get up earlier and I had to set my alarm at an earlier time of day and do things that got me excited to get out of bed. And now I just, I savor that cup of coffee before, you know, little foot feet walk into my bedroom asking for cereal and, you know, ready to get the day going. But it's kind of my sacred time. And there is something so nice about setting the tone for the day and then saying, okay, I'm ready. Like bring it, bring on the emails, bring on the little requests for half Cheerios and half, you know, golden grams, because I just feel (laughs) so much more prepared and ready for them. That's so powerful. And I love how you said that you started with baby steps. I think that's something uh, super important to note and take away here is that you don't have to start with an hour. You know, you don't have to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes and then I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes and I'm going to get up at 4am like baby steps. Like give yourself the permission to start small and be okay with that and master that. And once you've mastered those five minutes, give yourself 10. And I'm all about baby steps. I love that. And I think it's so, you know, it's worth the sacrifice. Like I, I too, you know, I get up before the kids and it sucks when the alarm goes off. Like I love to sleep as much as you do. We used to be roommates. I know this. Yeah. And like, I cherish sleep almost as much as coffee. Right. Like, but (laughs) Giving yourself that time to begin your day intentionally is so freaking powerful. And like for you, it's been so great to help you, you know, manage this anxiety and like live your life on purpose instead of just kind of going through, like you said, on autopilot, that's got to be so freeing for you. Yeah, absolutely. It really, uh, it really changed so many things and it made me think about, you know, what do I want to do when I wake up? What, you know, so oftentimes I was this person to a T. We give ourselves as women the very last piece of the day. And so when I go back to what my routine looked like before I really took a deep dive in taking care of myself, I would give myself like 1030 to 1130 watching Bravo and being so dead tired and just like, no, but this is my time and I don't want to go to sleep because I just have to run the race again tomorrow. And Mm. when I flipped the script and I decided I want to wake up and I got a Peloton and I got really excited about you know, having goals on the Peloton and got excited about, you know, working out with people who made me laugh and make me cry and inspired me first thing in the morning. And I would write in a journal and do very, you know, casual and brief meditations that quite honestly are just catching my breath. And taking time to think about, you know, where I am and what I'm grateful for and what I'm doing with goals every day. Because I think we run such races to get to the finish line every day that 
if I don't pause and say, what am I working towards? What do I really want to achieve today? And what am I hoping to achieve this year in five years and in 10 years? And when you really challenge yourself to do that, it's crazy how much more I can see that I've already achieved when I do pause and I look at what I want out of life. And it's simple. Like, I want to be present when I'm around my kids. I don't want to be thinking about work and I don't, (laughs) you know, but you have to really make that a priority or else you will think about all of the other things and you won't think about the fact that you want to have a flourishing marriage. You don't want to just be going through the motions. You want to have, you know, blow goals out of the water at work. Well, how am I going to achieve that? Those are things that I think about in the morning when I'm on my A game and I'm fresh and I'm ready for the day instead of just being like literally a blob and exhausted and watching, you know, another episode of God knows what on Bravo. (laughs) Which don't get me wrong. We love our Bravo, but (laughs) we find it in other ways. That's for sure. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So yes, we are both Peloton freaks. Um, The day Nicole told me she was buying a Peloton was Probably the third most exciting day of my life after the birth of my two children. Um, maybe fourth, because we should include the wedding to Jason. We um, so fourth exciting, most exciting day of my life. Um, talk to us about your, how you came to like, I'm going to buy a Peloton. I think this is a good story. <laughs> um, someone who's never taken a cycling class before. Nope. Freaking love this. Yeah. Um, and talk to us a little bit more about, um, how long you've had that and kind of how that's changed your like health and fitness journey and your look on that. Oh yeah. So my husband, God bless him. So I had, I got a bonus at work and you know, I was really excited and my husband said, you know, that's so awesome. You know, what do you want to do with this money? And this is typical Nicole. I want a little splurge and then I want to put the rest in savings. So I said, I'm going to buy a Peloton and we're going to put the rest in savings. And he said, oh, okay. (laughs) He said, well, have you ever cycled? Knowing the answer. And I'm like, nope. And he said, well, how do you know that you're going to like it? And I said, I don't. I have no idea. But I need to live it. I need to put it in my bedroom, our bedroom. My kids always call it mama's bedroom, but I have to correct myself. Like, no, it's the Peloton room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the Peloton space. I said, I need to put it in our room. And I, you know, there's this 30-day guarantee, but I just need to go all in and I need to try it. And he's like, okay, great, do it. So I'm so excited. I sign up. I had just come off of going on the Rise Women's Conference with you. So I was on fire. I was ready to try new things. And I was in this place of life where I was just kept asking myself, why not? Why not me? And I used to be terrified of cycling classes and so much so that I would make goals in college and I would say when I lose this much weight, then I'm going to move to this level and I'm going to go to a cycling class. And I remember walking into LA fitness and it was all right, Nicole, you've lost the 20 pounds. It's cycling time. 
And I literally put my hand on the door and I turned around and walked out. And I was just scared of what was on the other side of that door. And now looking back, that probably (laughs) really reflected a lot of things about me and where I was. But in this case, I just had to dive in. And I'm so glad that I did. I I actually, um, this is like one of the first weeks that I have not been on my Peloton since I got it last February um, because I was in a car wreck and completely okay, but I can't ride it with my hand right now. And I said to my husband last night, it just feels weird. It feels weird to not wake up and get on the bike and start uh, you my miss day. It. You miss yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I need some Cody in my life. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So it's, you know, I try to do 20 to 30 minute workouts in the morning and that's what fits my schedule. And it's really just been a confidence builder. I feel so much better in my body because I just know I'm moving it every day. And it's not for me so much as, you know, I need to lose this weight or, you know, this is the goal. I just don't want to stop. That's the goal. I just, got to keep going. And I think at the end of the day, when I keep going, I feel better when I put on my bathing suit and I feel better when I put on a pair of shorts than when I don't move my body. And that's really the biggest difference. I love what you said about the bike being a confidence builder. I remember taking a class, I think it was one of Tune Day's classes on the bike and her saying like, I want you to look at this machine as a confidence builder. Yeah. And she said it several times and the way she just said confidence builder. And I love, love your approach to fitness and your approach to your bike and like your motivation and your why isn't to fit into this size or to lose X number of pounds. Like you come from a place of like, this makes me feel better. Like this helps my mindset. This helps my mental game. This helps me be a better mom and a better friend. And I just freaking love it. Like I love (laughs) the energy that I get and create from riding a bike that goes nowhere. And I think that's a big deal because would you say that's a big change? Your why and your motivation now versus like back when we were in our 20s like that's you know how is that different oh 100% I mean in my 20s it was I need to lose weight for spring break I need to lose weight for this wedding I need to lose weight for all of these reasons that you know we're fleeting I guess is the biggest point there and now my reason isn't fleeting. Like I just, I, I need to feel good. Bottom line. I owe it to myself. I owe it to my kids. I owe it to my husband to wake up every day and to feel awesome. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there are days I don't want to do it. (laughs) And sometimes there are weeks to be completely honest, where I'm just going through the motions, but I think with anything that's truly worth it, there are just moments where you do it anyways and you see what is worth it on the other side. And I think, you know, everybody says, what is your why? You know, and, but it's so true. My why is I want to feel good. I want to say yes when my kids ask me to play soccer in the backyard. I want to 
say yes to a 5K. I want to say yes to things that I can quite honestly say I would have never said yes to two years ago before I had my two-year-old. And that's a really cool feeling because I now feel like the future really is brighter and what I can do, I'm like, yeah, bring it, you know, and I still get scared and I still have moments where I might question it, but then I see what I have done in the past year, in the past two years, and I see how drastically different my life is now that it just gives me confidence to keep going. Oh, I love that. And you... You hit your century ride. Is that, that's correct. Like your milestone on the bike. I mean, how amazing that you've taken a hundred classes on a bike that goes nowhere from someone that's never, someone that's never taken a cycling class before, uh, took a gamble on herself and was like, this is what I need. Not saying that you have to go buy a Peloton, but whatever, whatever fits in your life and whatever works for you. But like you took a gamble on yourself and you were like, this is it. This is my time to put myself first. And I think it's paying back dividends and in so many ways. And, you know, you and I both have daughters. Um, You have two daughters and I have one daughter. And I think that one of the biggest things that we can do for our girls is be a positive role model for them. And I love how both of our girls, you know, see us on the bike and they see, and my son too, you know, see us on the bike and they see us working out and they don't see us doing these healthy habits because, oh, mommy feels fat today or mommy needs to lose five pounds because we would never in a million years say that in front of our girls. But like, I just think that's such a big, big thing for me in my life is being a great role model for both of my kids, but especially my daughter in the body image, body conscious world that we live in. And I mean, that's just a big, big thing for me has, is it the same for you with, with your girls? Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I mean, it's, it's almost as much, if not more. Um, I think as a mother, you just can't help, but live so much for your kids. And Well, selfishly, I love the way that I feel and it's okay to be selfish about that. It's okay to feel great um, and feel better than I did before, but I would be lying if it's not because I don't want my kids to, you know, question their bodies or I, I want them to see me. I want them to see stomachs that aren't perfectly flat and know that that's beautiful. And mm, and yes. the only way that they're going to know that that's beautiful is if I really believe that that's beautiful. And I can tell you when they were born, I did not. I literally, I started to go through this feeling of going through my closet and I was looking for clothes that actually fit my body. And I had so many ponchos and like these big flowy clothes because I just didn't want to show any part of me. And I started to feel more comfortable with myself, even though it wasn't a size two. And I realized what kind of message am I giving off to my kids, to the world, if I just feel like I'm hiding? And it was really, really empowering to say, I'm going to stop hiding. And if you see 
a stomach that isn't flat, even though I'm going to feel good about tucking my shirt and doing a front tuck in my jeans, that's okay. And that's great. And I think that it wasn't until I looked at the world through my kids' eyes and wanted them to know that as they get older and they start looking at body image, I had a lot of work to do. I still have a lot of work to do, but they are so worth it. And I'm so worth it. And it really is, as you said, it's such a huge motivator when they're on their bike and they do the post Peloton stretch. Yes. Like, hey, mama, look at me. And, I, and they go and grab my dumbbells and show me their muscles. Yes. I want them to feel strong. And I know that I just got to keep going because it's working. And if we can do that, you know, there's no better place to start that feeling of confidence than in our own homes and by living that example. Oh, I 100% agree. I love when the kids grab my little small dumbbells and like both my son and my daughter, they're just pumping the two pound weights. I'm like, go for it. You know, Ellie wants to get on the bike so bad. I'm like, if you break this bike, so help me God. I mean, it's, they, they love it. And I yeah. think it's so powerful to send that strong message to them that like, it doesn't matter what your body looks like you know, you have to love your body the way it is. And we do this because it helps us feel good and it helps us be strong. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I have one more question for you and then we can wrap up, but you said something when we were talking about the bike and you said, you know, the future is bright. And I, I love that statement. I love that sentiment thinking ahead and looking ahead to the future. Like what's next for you? Like, what are, what are some goals you're working on? Like, what are some, some things that you want to tackle, you know, this year? Uh, what's next for you? What is next, man? I just want to keep going. Um, and I think my biggest goal is overall health. And I mean that mentally, physically to keep going and to be persistent in this journey and not go back to, just hanging out on the couch and being okay with being honestly much more stagnant than I ever was. Um, when I close my eyes and I dream big, I'm, you know, be bopping around the kitchen. I'm keeping up with my family. I'm in a place where I envision true health and taking care of myself and eating foods that bless my body so that I feel awesome. And that's a long journey. I mean, there's, there's a lot there. I've never been the thinnest kid, you know, growing up. And I think for me, just a picture of health looks different for me than maybe it does for others. But I think that I'm on my way. And if I keep doing what I'm doing and refining and doing the work um, physically, mentally, hanging out with an awesome therapist, hanging out with awesome friends like you, I, I feel like I'm going to get there. So oh, I love that lofty goals, but they're, I'm excited because I know I can do it. That gives me goosebumps to hear you say that. I think that is, that's amazing. Um, I look up to you. I think you are such an awesome person and to see the journey that you've been on. Cause like I said, since Nicole and I have been friends for so long and seeing her in this place where she really struggled and like you, you told us your story and to see the work you've put in and the grind and the, you know, 
now we're on the other side of this. Not that your journey is over. We're still in the very middle, but to see that you've made it over that hump and that you are on this journey to true health, to confidence, to happiness, to, you know, just living a really awesome life on purpose, like just makes me so freaking happy for you. And I am so grateful in our friendship and man, I just love you, girl. I am so thankful for you. Love you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for letting me share my story. And I'm, I'm excited to, quite honestly, I just love normalizing this conversation. And I love the idea of, you know, people who might be toying with different parts of anxiety or overwhelm or stresses or, you know, what could I ever do amongst my busy life in order to get out of this? Um, there's a lot of things that I wish I would have heard this and I could tell Mm. myself, baby Nicole, 10 years ago, you know, what, how to get out of it and that it can be so much better. And the best part is you get to spoil yourself. You get to go, you know, get a manicure, you get to enjoy a cup of coffee and what a great gift to, you know, see that taking care, better care of yourself, really does allow you to take better care of others too. It's really awesome. Oh, so well said. Taking better care of yourself allows you to take better care of others. Well, we will end on that. That's beautiful. I so appreciate you. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate every one of you. And Nicole, thanks for your time, girl. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, bye. you can help me why don't you screenshot this podcast and share it to your social media tag me my instagram is at the fit life with jessica take it another step further and leave me a review and a five-star rating in apple podcast it would mean the world to me thanks friend